Gewaldig. So today's daf is daf Chaf. And we left off yesterday, Mamish Mitten Maisa, in the middle of the story of Nakdim and Ben-Gurion and this whole condition that he made with the governor, where he told the governor that I need to borrow 12 wells for the Oile Regal. People are coming up to, uh, for Yerushalayim, and there was no water, and I promise I'll give you 12 buckets of silver if, um, if uh, I don't return your wells full. Okay, so... We're at the point of the story. We're up to the second line on Chafamad Aleph. Ad Shehaadain Nichnas Bissim Chasai. All right. So we're at the point where it's Kemachkia. It is Kemat sundown on the day that they made up. The water needs to be repaid, and the this governor is thrilled. He's about to make a mint, and he's he's pumped. So what happens? Says the Gemara, second line of Chafamara. So the governor heads off to the bathhouse. Now, this is fascinating because remember, there's really no water to go around. And this governor is so macho, he is so pumped that the Marsha says that not only is he convinced he's going to be rich, but he's going to stick it to the Yidden. By God, he's going to be in the bathhouse using up water, right, to show that I have water and I have money. And that demon is starting to get quite nervous. Yes, he's wealthy, but he just, he offered a lot of money. And he's unsafe. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's sad. He's saddened. He walks into the base on Mikdash. This Atif, he puts on his talus. Puts on his talus. Listen to this. The Omar Betili starts to daven. How do, what does he say? Omar Lefanov. He says in front of Hashem, Rebbein creator of the world, master of the world, you know that I made this deal with the governor, not for my own honor. However, and nor did I did it for the honor of my family. I did this for you. Kali Yisrael came to be Ayla Regal. And I wanted Yidin to have water and not to hold off from coming to your base on Mikdash. I needed to make sure there was water for the Ayla Regal. Rebbeinu this is not for me. This is for you. Which, by the way, we do this very often. It's particularly by the Yom Nairam. What do we say? Rebbeinu give us life. Why? For you. We realize that all the gifts that you give that comes our way is really meant to be used to serve the Rabbani Shalom in a greater fashion. What happens, Miyad, immediately, the, the sky became overcast with thick clouds. It started pouring. Now, keep in mind, these wells are now full. Where's the governor? He's chilling in the jacuzzi expecting to be rich. In the meantime, the wells are now full of water. And he's in, he's in his jacuzzi, and it's, 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 he's going to come out, and the sky is going to be dark. This governor comes out of the base of Merchatz. Nagdimagori walks out of the base of Mikdash. They meet up with each other. Listen to what Nagdimagori says. To stick it to the governor. He says, listen, Mr. Governor, not only do I not need to pay you the 
12 buckets of silver, but here is the bill. You need to pay me because the wells are more full now than they were when you gave it to me originally. Amar Okay, first of all, and this is a beautiful message to take, by the way. When you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, when somebody, when somebody tells you, shows you a message, the governor says, listen, Akdeman, something, you, you got something going on between you and the Rabbanu Shalai. Ella, but I want to tell you something. I see that the God's on your side, but I got to tell you something. A deal is a deal. You still owe me the cash. You know why? I, I see the rain came, and listen, I know this rain, it hasn't rained in a year. So I know it's a miracle, but listen up. We agreed that the money's going to be paid while it's still light outside during daytime. And look, look up, it's dark. It's already evening. It's already skia. And therefore the rain came once it was already darkened, and you missed your deadline. Shenakdima walks back into the base of Mikdash. He puts on the talus and he says, Let it be known to the Gayim who you truly love. You know what happened? The overcast skies cleared up. And it was seen to all that it was still light. And the governor then says to Nakdimon, If the sun had not been shown, Listen, I could have said it was ready And collected my money. Okay? But I can see that, that uh, you were right. My wells are refilled. You don't owe me anything. Says the Gemara to end off with this story. You should know his name was not Nakdimon Ben-Gurion. Tana, we learned, by Nakdimon Shmai, Alabuni Shmai. His name was, Nakdim, his, his name really was uh, Buni Ben-Gurion. That was really his name. Yeah, you got it? Yeah, yeah second wide line. Bilama Nikr Shmai Nakdimon. Why do we call him Nakdimon? Shenikdama Achama Bavura, because the sun went through the clouds in his schus, Period. Now, I want to just, I want to make a, a, just to point out, yesterday we mentioned the story of, um, we, we brought down the story of Chaini Hamagel, right? Chaini Hamagel also needed rain. He drew a circle. It's important that we notice the, the differences between how Choni presented and how Nagdim Ben-Gurion presented. When Choni presented, he drew a circle. He said, Hashem, I'm not leaving this. It's a little more chutzpahdik, right? And the Chachamim had a taina about that. Over here, Nakdimon is effective in his davening as well, but there's no, there's no like chutzpah. He's not saying, Hashem, you need to answer me. You got to. What does he say? He says, Rebbein this is lemancha. This is for you. You know everything I'm doing is for your covet. And he doesn't say like anything this has to do with me, which is what Chaini Amagil did. That's one ha'ara. Ha'ara number two, is that Chaini HaMagil got his last name, Magil, from the story. Chaini, the circle maker. That's what Magil means. His name wasn't really Magil. Nakdimon Ben-Gurion also, his real name was um, Buni Ben-Gurion. But also from this story, he got a new name. You find from, in both stories, 
Chaini gets a new name, and uh, and Buni gets a new name as well. It's interesting to note the, the you know the, the the change and the reference because through both of them these incredibly miraculous stories and proof of relationship with the Rabbi Shalaylam um, is shown. Period. End of that story. Okay. Let's keep going. Next, Brisa Tana Rabbanon. The rabbis learned, and so should we. Shleisha Nikdemolahem Chama Bavur, and the three people who the son <coughs> um, remained in place um, in their merit. Maisha, the Yeshua, and Agdim and Magorian. Maisha, Yeshua, and Agdim and Gorian, and we're going to go through the stories. Bishma Agdim and Ben Gorian Gemara. You understand the story Agdim and Ben Gorian? We just explained what that story was. Yeshua Nami, Yeshua as well, Kra. There's a Pasuk Yachsiv, it says, the sun stayed and the moon stayed in its place. Everything held in its place. But in, from the story of Maisha, how do you know that the sun stayed in its place in the merit of Maisha? We learn it out from the word Achil. It says, by Maisha Rabbeinu, Achil Teis Patcha. I will start to put the Pachad of the Rabbeinu Shalom onto the nations of the world. And it says by Yeshua, I will start to make your name great. So the same way by Yeshua, very interesting, the same way by Yeshua, the moon and the sun stayed in its place, so too by Maisha. The reason why this is fascinating is because you think that the Torah would be specific by Maisha and connected to Yeshua the Talmud. Interestingly, over here, we're using the word uh, explicitly by Yahishua, and we're making a Shava to learn it out to Maisha. Roshul Bar Nachmeni says, Asya, taste, taste. We learn out the word taste, taste, which means to place something, to put something. It says, I will, I will uh, place the pachat upon you. And it says elsewhere, When HaKadosh Baruch Hu put the fear on to the Emeri. And that was the story where the sun was held up. Rabbi Echanan says, Asya Migufei Dekra, you can actually make a Gzera Shava from the actual Pasuk itself. What does it say? When they hear, when they hear what you've done, and they will tremble with fear from in front of you. What does that mean? When are people going to fear and tremble when they hear about the, uh, you know, about the miracle? When they heard that HaKadosh Baruch Hu held up the sun in the merit of Maisha Rabbeinu, that's when they will tremble and fear in front of their bosoms. You see from here another source, a more specific source, that the sun was held up in Maisha Rabbeinu's merit. Beautiful. Two dots. We're now pretty much halfway down on Chav Amar Aleph. We said in the Mishnah, the Chain Ir Yardu If you have a city where no rains fell, and then other cities where it did fall, Amar Vuda Amar Rav. Vuda says the name of Rav. Ushteim Leklala. It's a klala to both of them. Okay. Now, what is what is it dealing with a klala to both of them? So as we're about to, we're going to get a little more specific with, but we're dealing with a situation where one city had no rain at all, and the other city had too much rain. So yes, there's rain, but in one place there's a flood, and the other place there's a drought. It doesn't help anybody. Says in the Pasuk, Yerushalayim has become a nida. Okay? 
Now we know that when, when a woman's in a state of nida, so there is a separation um, in the relationship. Um, if you just have the name of Rav, this is Lebracha. This is referring to a bracha of a nida. How so? Kenida, Yerushalayim is like a nida. Man nida, yeshlahat. They're just like a nida. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So too, after Yerushalayim, yeshlahatakana. So too, Yerushalayim is going to come back, right? And by the way, you know, when we go to a shiva home, we go to a base other. And what, what, what statement is, the, is a customary to say? You comfort the mourners. You should be comforted amongst the mourners of Tzion and Yerushalayim. How are those words words of comfort? Because of this Gemara. We know, we know with a complete belief that Yerushalayim is going to be rebuilt. This is a temporary separation. So too, we tell the mourner, you should know you should be comforted. Yes, it's painful now. But we know there's going to come a day where we're going to be reunited with the one that we just lost. And that's the words of comfort. Yes, it hurts now, but the nechama, the word of comfort is the same way we have utmost confidence Yerushalayim is going to be rebuilt. We have utmost confidence that the day will come where we're going to be reunited with this loved one that we just lost. Yerushalayim is like a widow. Amr Yudah, the Baruch of Yudah says, you to understand this is, this, there's a blessing to be learned from this. It's like an almana, but not an almana. almana. But Yerushalayim is not a widow. What do you mean? She's like a woman whose husband is doing business overseas. He's far, but she knows he's going to come back. And I've made you Bizoi, despised, Dushfelim, and, and uh, Shuffle is, is lowered. Amr of Yehuda Lebracha, Dlai Muki Minan, Dlai Reshi Nare, Dlai Gizini Pare, that what this means is um, that, um, <laughs> this is actually fascinating, that the Goyim are not going to make the Yidin the tax collectors or the officers. It is meaning. Even when Claudius rolls in Gullus, it's important to take on roles that are not um, despised. Is it necessary to have tax collectors? Yeah. But nobody likes the tax collector, right? It's, it's a bracha to be in a position where people aren't out to get you. People, it's, it's, people don't view it like, oh, you know, the, the, the people who we don't like in society. Like Kone, like reeds. Listen to this. Why is Klai like a reed? This is so precious and important for our lives. The Klai being a reed is a bracha. How so? The Amr of Shuvar Achmini, Amr of Yainus, Maidach said, What's shot in the puzzle which says that Manan Pitsayayev and Ataris Nashikai Sayne, that the cuts of a friend, when a friend hurts me, that is better than the curse of my enemy. I'm sorry, that is better than the blessing of my enemy. Taiva Klola Shakila Chia Shilani better is the curse of Achia Shilani. Yaisemi bracha shebirchu bilamarasha, better than the bracha of bilamarasha. Now let's explain. 
Achia Hashilani Kola Akilam Bekana. Achia Hashilani said, Kaisal is going to be cursed like a kana, like a reed. What does that mean? Well, what's that curse? Listen. Omar Lahem Li Yisra. The Hiko Hashem Esoka Shayon and Akarame Mayim. Because Baruch Hu will hit Kaisal the same way a reed sways back and forth in the water. What is unique about a reed by the water? Is it under pressure? Yes. Is there wind? Yes. Is it moving back and forth? Yes. However, you should realize there's a big mila, there's a big pro to reeds being by the water. Because you know what happens? You may be cut down, but you will grow back quite fast. And he got plenty of roots. You can have all the winds in the world that want to blow it over. It's got fantastic roots. It ain't going to be knocked over. You know what happens? It just moves back and forth. Yes, yeah, a little bit cut, but it's going to get back to how it was originally. You hear this? So yes, you know what the Klova is? Klal Yisrael will be cut down, but we're like a reed. We're never gone. We're never gone. We're by water, and we have it. And we, and, you know, not Lahabdil, but also to keep in mind the metaphor, the muscle of staying within the water, keeping the Torah with us, Klal Yisrael, remaining whole with the Torah. As Klal Yisrael, we have enemies that are going to cut us down, but they can never get rid of us. The same way you can't get rid of the, these reeds by the water. However, Bila Marasha, Birchan, he gave us a bracha. What was his bracha? We should be Be'erez. He gave us a bracha. We should be like a cedar. Shedemar Ka'arazim. Just like the cedar tree doesn't stand by a river, doesn't have with water. It's strong right now. The Ingizaimachlif. But once it's cut down, it's a goner. The Insharosh of Merubin, Mafilu Kalarugashabailam, nice face by Amazizaimkanai. But granted, it's big and strong. And if, even if all the winds in the world come and they can't move it, keep Mazish by Ruach Dreymus. However, if a strong enough wind comes, a southern wind, I carried my father upon it and I'll put it on its face. So, says the Gemara, better to be soft, better to be deeply rooted and, and, uh, snickered at, right? But we're never gone better than to be like a cedar tree who once the right stuff comes to knock it over, it's flat on its face and it's dunskies. I'll tell you another way that a reed is better than a cedar tree. A reed could be taken and turned into a colmus, a qui- uh, not a quiver. What is, uh, you know, when they would take the ink and they, they use the feather? Quill. A quill, thank you. Uh, it, could, it could be used and, and made into a quill. You hit us. It's smaller, but it could be used for the holiest of the holies. This is Klal Yisrael, Mamish Kavaldi. It is, so says the Gemara. We're going we're gonna to dwell on this, on Klal being like a reed and having our behavior like a reed. But says the Gemara, beautiful words. Better for a person to have the klala of a loved one than the bracha of somebody who hates me. Because deep within the klala of those who love me, there's always going to be something there that is continuous, that is perpetual, that, that, that allows bracha to ultimately come out of it. When an when a enemy blesses me, all right, 
That's short term. The rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. A person's midais is we should always be soft and gentle, like a reed. Don't be hard like a cedar. It's an American thing to stand up for our rights at all times. It's not right to always stand up for your rights. Sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes you need to bend over and say, you know what, I have a right to be upset. I have a right to be angry, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be mevater. A person should be soft. My said there was a story. Shabbat Rebbe Shimon, me Migdal Gedar. Rebbe Shimon was coming from a place called Migdal Gedar, me Beisavi from his Abisayos, for Yerachay Balakamar. He was riding, okay, he was riding on a donkey. Listen to this story. Umatayal Asvasanar. And he was, this donkey was going along the riverbanks. The Samach Simcha Gedayla. And he was feeling, he was feeling good. Okay? Now why was he feeling good? He just came back from hearing of the Shmakashir from his Rebbe. He's, he's feeling good. Feeling into himself. But he said, Daita Gashilov. And that led to him feeling arrogant. Because he learned a lot of Tyre. Top of Amud base. Listen to what happened. Imagine the picture. You have a tzaddik. He's coming back from learning Tyre from his Rebbe. He's feeling good. He's on his donkey. He's going back home. His mind is involved in Lima Tyre. He's on top of the world. And he came across somebody who was incredibly hungry, incredibly ugly. Rashi says it was Elio Hanavi, dressed up like an ugly person, to put Rabbi, who was it? To put Rabbi Elazar, the Rabbi Shimon, to a test. How he's going to channel this arrogance. Omar Light. And the ugly Elio Hanavi says to um, says to Rabbi Elazar Bribshim, Shalom Alecha Rabbi, Shalom Aleichem, He didn't respond. Too, too busy. Too busy thinking on learning. Amar Lai. Reka. Kama Mechura Yisra. Listen, I'm, I'm trying to think of learning. You know, you're, you're an ugly guy. You're an ugly guy. Maybe your whole city is as ugly as you. You know, a lot of people look like the, their locale. There's a whole shayla here, whether he was talking about the externals, whether he was talking about the internals. But ultimately, that's what happened. And listen, this was not good. This was not a, uh, obviously not a good response. And I want to just, I want us to think, this is not racism, but if you want to know where, you find within Tanakh where what the Tyra Dika approach to a person's looks is. We need to look no further than the story. Listen to the story. Let's keep going. So Omar Lai, this ugly guy, says to Blazer of Shimon, listen, any idea? I don't know if everybody in my city is as ugly as me. If you think I'm ugly and you don't like what I look like, you don't like my skin color. You don't like how my face is formed. You don't like that my teeth are crooked. You don't like how my eyebrows look. I don't know what bothers you, but if you have a problem, why don't you go to my manufacturer? Huh? Go, go talk to God about me. You got a problem with how I look? You got a problem with, you don't like how I look? You don't like where I come from? You don't like my nationality? You don't like my skin color? Go talk to God. 
You think he, you think he made me by mistake? He was heard about his chota. Rebbe Lazar immediately realized, listen, he was feeling too much into himself, and this was a tremendous sin. What did he do? We have to learn from his response. He bowed down. He said, what I just, he said, I can't believe I just did that. The Yomar Loy, Na'anesi Lecha, Mechayli. He says, you're just the ugly guy. He says, you're right. I need to ask you Mechila. He immediately realized. Amar Loy, any Mechalach. And you know what the guy, the ugly guy tells him? I, I'm not Mechil you. You want to ask Mechila for me? Go ask Mechila for my manufacturer. You just made fun of the thing that he made. And Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, he needed Mechila. So he, he followed behind him until he reached his city. He was begging him for mercy. Please, I need Mechila. And the people came out to greet him. They said, They recognized Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon. And they said, Oh, So this ugly guy says, I'm not your Rebbe. Let me have to Rebbe Rebbe. Who are you calling Rebbe Rebbe Mary Mary? Right behind you, there's a big tzaddik of Allah's Rebbe Shimon. The ugly guy says to them, Is that Rebbe? I'll give it to yourself. That's a rabbi. That is, that, that's an Orthodox Jew. If that's how Orthodox Jews are, I want nobody, there should be nobody like them in Kalisra, the way they talk to other people. What's, what's going on? Here's the story. They said to him, listen to this. That was terrible what he did. But give him another chance. Give him another chance. He's tremendous in his Lima Datayra. And this is not who he really is. This was a freak accident. This was a fluke. For you, members of the city, I'll do it and I'll be Michaelim. However, as long as it is true and it remains that it's outside of his character. True people slip. We could do that. There's many good people who we try hard to be menschlich, to have good midas. And you know what? Even the most menschlich people can slip up. In this story, it was a tremendous tzaddik who slipped up in a major way. In a major way. And sometimes we slip up in a major way. But we have to make sure we know it's not us. It's not, because it, 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 it's not. Miyad, Michnas of Lazar of Shimon Bedarash. Lazar of Shimon walked into the Bishmedrash after getting his Bechil and he gave it Joshua. A person should always be like a reed. Don't be strong like a cedar. When I met that ugly guy, I was feeling strong like a cedar. And that's what led to my Avera. You know what? A person needs to act like a, a soft, a soft reed that sways back and forth. And this is why it's the soft reed that could be turned into a quill. Precious, beautiful, beautiful Gemara to learn from this. There's an additional thing to point out, an additional important idea to mention over here, which is that when it comes to mitzvahs, we are called a bar mitzvah. A bar mitzvah means a son of a mitzvah. When it comes to mitzvahs, when it comes to ruchnias, 
It's the Ruchnius that, that we are a son to it. It's a chalek of us. That's who we are. What is it? When we do Averas, however, what are we called? A Baal Avera. I own the Avera. When you own something, it's not you. It's something you have in your pocket. Therefore, an additional message to take from this Gemara is, from Rav Lozabrib Shimon, and this back and forth with this ugly guy, the guy's telling Rav Lozabrib Shimon, I'll be Michael, but on condition that the Averis that you do is like a pekala that you have. It's just something, it's not who you are. It's something that you throw away with Tashlich. You get rid of, and this is symbolic of Tashlich. But by Tashlich, right, what do we do? There's a custom to empty your pockets. We're throwing away our Averis. What? what? Throwing away our Averis? Give me a break. That's how it works. The Territ is, it's symbolic. The, the message to us is, an Avera is not me. A mitzvah is me. You know what an Avera is? It's just something that I'm holding on to. It's in my pocket. But all I need to do is empty my pocket with, a, with, with some tshuva. And once I do tshuva, it's gone. I'm back to, I'm, I'm back to being the true bar mitzvah, the true child of Ruchnius, the Heligen Neshama that is untainted that we, that we truly are. Okay. Similarly, a city that fasts when they have a plague, Dever or Mapelas, when buildings start to collapse. Tan Rabban, the Rabbis, so Shalit, Amru, falling buildings that we're talking about, we're dealing with buildings that were strong. We're not dealing with buildings that were expected to fall down. Okay? This is like unexpected. So when do you start fasting? When there's buildings that were expected to be sturdy and they start to fall down? Hey, Nihu, Briyas, Hainu, Shaina, Briyas, says the Gemara, well, strong buildings are not meant to collapse. Hainu, Briyas, Hainu, Briyas, and And weak buildings are made to collapse. So the Gemara is asking, why do you got to mention both? Right? Oh, falling buildings that we're talking about are... Strong buildings that don't need that aren't meant to collapse. All you need to tell me is strong buildings, and I know it's not going to collapse. It seems you're being redundant. Answers the Gemara like Tricha the Nuflu No, sometimes you can have sturdy buildings, but they're just very tall. Okay, and therefore the taller something is, big message. The higher something is, the easier it is for it to fall over. Big message in life, right? Sometimes. You raise yourself up and people get all the COVID. Ah, the higher you go, sometimes it's, uh, you know, the, 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 the easier it is to fall down. Inami, or you could say the Kaima Aguda Dinara. Okay, we're dealing with buildings that are near rivers. Unfortunately, right, we are a little too familiar this past year with the building in Surfside. Um, we're, um, um, you know, it's, it could be near the ocean. I don't know if that was the issue there. They're probably still trying to figure it out. By the way, if you have a building near a river, very often the river can can get into the foundation of the building and start to knock it over. Okay, so those are two examples. Now, another couple examples of why this is not necessarily a redundancy. There was a, a wall that was starting to fall down. It was a, a ru'ua. It was, it was a, you know, it was a weak wall in our door. Do I have a chalif from Shmuel Tusa? Rav and Shmuel refused to walk underneath the wall. They, they were nervous it might collapse. 
The wall stayed like that for 13 years. Yumachad one day, Ikla Ravada Barava, La Hosam Ravada Barava, went there, Amal Ishmul Rav, Ishmul Satrav, Nesi Marnakim, let's go walk around the wall. We're not walking underneath it. Amal Lay, Lay Trachina, no, we don't need to walk around. The Ikla Ravada Barava, Badon, the Nafish, who saved the Loy, Mistafina. There's a Tzaddik with us, therefore we, we could rely on his Chusim, or rely on his, uh, his miracles, you know, his Chusim will protect us. Otherwise, we're not relying on our own Tzuchosin. By the way, we're now going to kind of segue into a conversation where a person needs to be very careful. Nowadays, for us, this is going to be an important message, how a person should be very careful not to put ourselves into Sakana, because into danger, because even if we are saved, it could minimize our Tzuchosin. The more chesed HaKadosh Baruch Hu does for a person, the more schosen could uh, be used up on their behalf. And therefore, there's a little bit of a trade-off. Rav Huna had wine in an older house, a ruined house, and he wanted to get his wine bath out before it fell down. He brought Rav there. And... He started smoozing with him and learning until, you know, while they were taking out all the wine. He didn't want to do it. He was nervous if he goes in by himself, the house might collapse on him. So he brings in Ravada Barava to talk to him in learning, you know, while they're removing all the wine. Bosar Dinofik, and after Ravada came out, Nafal the house fell down. Irgish Ravada Barava, Ravada Barava, Chad. Why Ravuna brought him there to talk to him in learning? Ibkid, and he was upset. Because he felt, he held like Rav Yanai who says, you're not allowed, to, a person should not be allowed, a person should not go put themselves into a place of danger and expect a miracle to happen. Because even if a miracle does happen, you still lose out on your merits. What's the source to, to, that we know that if a person goes into a place of danger and is saved, or puts themselves into a situation of danger. They lose out on the Shkosan Dechsev, where Yaakov Avinu, when he's going into battle against Esau, what was his concern? That he might lose. You're Yaakov Avinu. What are you concerned about? Esau, come on. There it says, he realized how much Chesed HaKadosh Baruch Hu had done for him. He was nervous, Taka, that some of his Shkosan had been used up. My have update Baravo. What was so great about Ravada Baravda that people brought him along to places to protect themselves? Kihode Idmar, Sholush Tamida Vesar Vizera, the Tamida Master Vizera, Ramila Ravada Baravda, some say they asked Ravada Baravda, Bamarach Yamim, what were you merited to live a long life? Omar Lahem, either Rabzera or Ravada Baravda, whichever one it was, responded, You know how I merit to live a long life? Listen to what I did. Listen to my Shosimi I never got angry inside my house. I was never angry inside my house. Okay? Your home sometimes is the easiest place to get angry. Nobody's looking. And you get a little too comfortable in your relationships. So if you didn't get angry at home, outside. Nor did I ever walk in front of somebody who was more chashev than me. I always walked either alongside or behind people. I never thought about Taira in places where it's forbidden to think about Taira. Our problem should be that we're thinking about too much Taira in the bathroom, 
right? <laughs> like, yeah, he's saying, I never thought about Torah in, in, in uh, places of filth. And I never walked out without Torah and filth. And I never went to sleep in a base madras. I had proper covered. And I never enjoyed seeing my friends be wrong. When I was in a machlekas to somebody and I proved them wrong, I, I was not, I never rejoiced to see somebody else lose. But like Karasi lechaveri bachiniyasai, I never called my friend by a nickname. I never called nicknames. Va'amrila Okay, I never called them even by nicknames that came from the family. This is such a powerful thing. We're not dealing with a nickname like oh the guy's name was Shmuel and we're calling him Shmuley. A nickname is a name that's not the person. And very often, a nickname which is detrimental becomes accepted even by a family. It becomes so normal. I just remember when I was in ninth grade, my Rebbe, Rebbe Yaakov Eiskrau, told us a story that when he was in high school, there was a, uh, one of the boys in the class was a big guy, and he came to Yeshiva. His name was Gordo. That was his name. His name was Gordo. Everybody called him Gordo. Yeah, Gordo. Gordo is a friendly guy, happy guy. Mom is amazing. And later on, later on, Rabbi Israel said he realized a, few, a couple years later, he was still in high school, maybe 11th grade or so, that gordo means fatso in Spanish or something. I don't know Spanish, but uh, something like that. And really, they're calling him fatso the whole time. Itaka was a big, you know, was a big, broad guy. And, uh, but that was, that's been the kid's name since fifth grade. It didn't even bother him anymore. Right? But that became, you know, that became the name. Says um, either Rav Zev or Rav Shimon, I never use nicknames for people. You never know how a nickname developed, even if it became a nickname that the person became comfortable with. Don't use nicknames that have any sort of connotation other than the person's regular name. Please teach us something chashav that you learned in Ravuna's house. He says, I don't remember anything from when Ravuna was younger. I remember things from when he got older. Every day, listen to this. Every day a, uh, uh, that, that it was cloudy, they would carry him on a gold chair, and he would look around the whole Masa, the whole town. And anything that was, uh, any structure that was weak, he would have them take it down so nobody would have got into danger. And if it was, uh, if it was possible to fix up, he'd make sure it got fixed. And sometimes if a wall could be fixed and the owner couldn't afford it, Rav Huna himself would pay for it. And every Friday, he would send a shliach, a messenger, to the marketplace. And, and um, any extra vegetables that were going to go to waste, he would buy them in order that the market owners should be able to uh, have enough, you know, uh, have enough money. And then he would take the, the produce and throw them into the river. Says the Gemara, throw it into the river. Give it to the poor. Answers the Gemara Zimnin the Samcha Datayu Blay Oze Le No, he says you got to be careful in how you give tzedakah. You hear this? Because Rav Huna knew that if he would always.
hand down whatever was there, it would ruin the economy. Because people are just going to rely on the handouts. And that's not healthy for the sellers, and that's not healthy for the poor people. People are not just supposed to rely on welfare. You're supposed to pay a little bit. You've got, you got, you got to buy in. And therefore, he, Davka, this is such a powerful idea. He, Davka, did this in a way where poor people had, they paid a little bit, we'll see, whatever. But to, to just know that he's going to take whatever's there and just hand it out afterwards, that's not a healthy society either. That's not a healthy um, uh, uh, financial structure. It's not good economics. Says the Gemara of the Shaji Okay, so no, to give the food to the animals. Kasavar Michael Behima and Machilun the Behima. He said no. He, he, he was of the opinion that that food that is fit for humans should not be given to animals. Kind of like Baltashvis. The Loi Lezivne Klau. Okay, so don't buy it at all. Says the Gemara and Nimtzes Machilun Lasid Lavai. No, he Dafka wanted to buy it from those bringing it to the market because if they wouldn't be purchased, then the next week people would bring less. And there might not be enough for people to have for Shabbos. He havalei nosa da asusa because there was a story where there was a a medicine that people needed. Havalei mole kuza minei v'solile v'seifa v'beisa v'omard v'called the boy leisei v'lishko. What happened was there was a a medicine, okay, and he would fill up a uh, ravuna we're dealing with would fill up a, a container with this medicine and hang it at the entrance of his house, and he would say, anybody who wants medicine should come take. And some say that Shivsa was this uh, shade who would, who would take, who would hurt people. And he would, that, that's why he would hang it by his door. The Omar called Tzarech. Uh, whoever needs water to wash his hands should come, and you won't be given any sort of a, you won't be put an, into any sort of danger. So tomorrow is just giving another example of things that Ravuna did to help society. He had a karach rifta when Ravuna would start his meal. Literally, it means to break bread. He would open up the entrance of his home. We do this at the Pesach Seder. Ravuna would say, Call anybody who needs food, come let him eat with me. Everything that Ravuna did, I could do the same thing. Except for this, to break bread and open my door and tell anybody to come join me. I wouldn't be able to do that. Because there are too many poor people in Mahuza and I would not have enough food for myself if uh, I would allow that to happen, which is another important message, by the way. We're going to hold it here for today. But another important message, which is that when we give tzedakah, we have to make sure to give tzedakah in a way where we're not hurting ourselves either, where, uh, you know, there, there's a limit to the amount of tzedakah in halacha that a person is supposed to give, right? Because once you give too much, that impacts oneself, and then you have, no, you have nothing else to give. So it's important to, to always hold on to to an amount that you can you can do to sustain yourself, and not vice versa. To end up with a short a, a short little beautiful story. Rav David Feinstein, right? Rav David, Rav David, just nipped there a few months ago. So they, apparently they were sending around messages to people, and they were asking people if you can. They were asking big big people if you can have a suuda with any two people in all of history, 
You could sit down and have lunch with them. Who would you have lunch with? And they were asking big people, yeah, big speakers, you know, influential people, what they call nowadays uh, also influencers in the Jewish world. And people were listening who they'd have lunch with. I would sit with Moshe Rabbeinu and Dovin Amalek. I would want to sit with the Chavetz Chaim. Rabbi Dovin Feinstein, you know what he says? He says, any two Aniyim that want to eat with me. That's it. If you could have lunch with any two Yidin, he says, any two Aniyim that want to eat with me. That, that, that was uh, that Rabbi Dovin's response. He wants to do mitzvahs. He wants to take care of Yidin. You know, everybody's got their, their big ideas, and that's that's Hilliger of Dovin. Okay, Gavaldik, um, what a Gishmakadaf. To be continued, Bez Hashem, we will continue tomorrow on Erev Shabbos at 12.15. Guten Erev Shabbos and a Freilich and Chanukah, everybody.